Gazing out over the Finnish landscape, I wondered how I'd gotten myself into this mess. I didn't even remember being pregnant, let alone who the father was. So how on earth had I acquired a baby? Well, you've got to give him a name, my mum said, booping the sleeping child gently on his tiny, upturned nose. I hadn't even thought of that, I admitted. Should I give him a Finnish name? Is he Finnish? Is the father Finnish? If I'm going to be living here, I should pick something that lets him fit in, shouldn't I? But something that his family is able to pronounce. I remembered how much trouble Nana had with the Moomin books I had as a child. Robert Degerman was the name of the mayor in Bordertown, wasn't it? Robert was a pretty neutral name. I don't really like the name Robert. Robert it is. Oh, bless him, he's a lovely little lad, isn't he? Nana cooed, rocking baby Robert gently backwards and forth, looking more natural with him than I felt. I suppose that's how all new mothers feel when they're inexperienced. Nana had raised two girls and done a good chunk of child-rearing for the subsequent grandchildren that came along after. She was more used to babes than I ever planned on being. He's quiet, I said. I expected him to be, well, more like a baby. He barely stirs at all. He's more like a doll. Well, you weren't much different when you were his age, Mum told me. I remember you were barely waking up to feed. I told the nurse because you'd barely had anything since the birth. All you wanted to do was sleep. She told me to give you a bath and that was bound to wake you up and it did. And I was ready to feed you, but by the time I got you back to the ward, you'd fallen asleep again. Takes after his mummy, eh? Yes, he does. The synagogue was different to the ones I'd been in before. It felt more like a community centre than a congregation. Coldly lit, with a grey-white wall that reminded me of a GP waiting room and dark green threadbare carpet that hadn't been changed since the 70s, and I felt a pang, reminding me that as much as I loved living here, I was still a stranger for now. I hadn't been living in Finland long when I, apparently, fell pregnant. With the shock of a newborn, I hadn't really had a great deal of time to set in. Hence why my entire family was here. I still don't know why we're here, Grandad complained. I'm trying to integrate with the local community, Grandad, I hissed. Make friends, meet neighbours and what have. I haven't had much of a chance with... I jostled Robert in gesture bundled up in blankets like a parcel in defence against the bitter Nordic winds outside. It's the nice thing to do, Nana snapped. Leave her be. Dad squeezed my knee, sensing my tension, and jiggled Robert again, feeling the infant stare at me. Blank, unknowing, but willing and wondering and affectionate. Did he have any idea how he came to be in this world, any more than I did? The hospital here was cleaner than back home. Sure, all hospitals have a required degree of cleanliness, but back home was often crowded and mobile, always crammed with the results of poverty and austerity, so it never felt safe to stay in for too long, lest you pick up some hospital-born virus or infection that would drag you back in time and again for something entirely unrelated. I was anxious nonetheless. Robert's neonatal checkup was today, and I didn't think I could handle any more news, good or bad. I had no idea I was expecting a child. I had no checks, no scans, no tests. I'd been working out and stress and working late and 
while I generally did take care of myself, I wasn't caring for myself as a pregnant woman. What if something was wrong? You'll be alright. Dad squeezed my shoulder. It's natural for new parents to worry. I know, I said, trying to sound convincing. Thank God the doctor spoke English, because none of the Finnish I had learned so far was in any way related to paediatrics. So we've given him a thorough check. He's healthy for his age, his vitals are good, and we've given him all the vaccinations required. I couldn't let out a sigh of relief just yet. There was more. I knew there was more. The doctor's voice sounded casual, but there was a tension in his body language that signalled nothing good. There's just one problem. Sasha, has anybody been in contact with Robert? Anyone new? Maybe even during your pregnancy? I... how was I supposed to remember that? I don't know. The doctor eyed my family before gesturing to the door. Maybe we should discuss this in my office. I followed him. Robert was lying on the examination table, looking so tiny, so fragile, cooing for me as he recognised my shape coming into view. I sat on the stool next to him. He did his best to roll over toward me. Uh, during our examination of baby Robert, we did find some disturbing things inside of him. I was asking if anybody had been in contact with him because we found weapons concealed inside Robert. What? Was something lost in translation here? I don't... I don't understand, I said. Weapons. Please, don't be alarmed. He held up a reassuring hand. This is not the first case we've seen. Criminals, often gang-associated, will hide weapons inside newborns for smuggling purposes or what have. At the current stage, it isn't dangerous. We'll have to do a small operation to remove the... I stopped listening. Weapons. Inside my baby boy. Who could do such a thing? And how? How had this happened? Like I said, this is not the first case I've seen. It has been on the rise as of late. They often target new, young mothers. How could I let this happen? Please, Sasha, this is not your fault. Many mothers have been through the same thing. I've already contacted the police and rest assured they will do everything they possibly can to track down the person responsible. They put weapons inside of him. Yes. What, what, what do you mean by that? Exactly what I said. It might be easier to show you. Doctor moved to Robert on the examination table. Here, near his ribs, you can see. He pressed lightly on the baby's left side, and I could see the outline of a pair of decorating scissors, sharp and straight and deadly, poking through Robert's skin. My trachea attempted to rise up through my throat, and I swallowed it back down. Hard. And here, there was a gun. A gun concealed in my child's belly, the outline pressing through his skin, and he looked at me blankly as my eyes burned and swam. A knife, 
beneath the surface of the skin of his tiny, chubby thigh. I think I stopped breathing. I think I had swallowed several deadly weapons myself. I think my stomach was rolling in the grave that my body had become in the seconds it was taking me to process that someone, some monster, had used a baby, my baby, as a storage for weapons in some pathetic little gang war. The doctor's words washed over me, explaining the details of the operation while I stared down at my baby boy, my Robert, and gathered him in my arms, bringing him closer than I brought him to me at all since he was born. Who knew this is what it would take for my maternal instincts to kick in? Robert is my son. He's the most precious thing in my life. He is tiny, and he is fragile, and he is all I love in this world, and no one, no one, will ever hurt him again, not while I'm here to protect him. Work had been more than accommodating for my situation, allowing me as much time off as they had when I had only been working there for a few months, with no forewarning of my pregnancy. They had taken it far better than any previous employer would have. They even offered me a little extra pay to cover my family's flights over. As much as I resented my house being filled with my family again, after I had barely regained my independence, I couldn't help but feel dread settle in my stomach at the thought of them leaving again. I had no idea of how to care for a baby, and I had been relying on them to show me what to do, to guide me through it. What happens if they're gone? What happens if I make a mistake? What if I can't do it alone? The kettle boiling was to me what a movie soundtrack is to characters. Insignificant and ignorable. I was so lost in my apprehension that I forgot about the tea until I heard Nana calling me. Sash? Sasha? Yeah? There's a woman in your garden. What? Here, look! Some woman in your garden! I just watched her climb over the fence. I strode over to where my grandparents were standing at the back door. Nana was bouncing baby Robert in her arms. I looked out at my garden and saw, with resigned recognition, that she was right. Anna wondered about my modest garden, unbothered by the damp earth and dewy grass that sapped at her shoes as she sauntered towards my back door. That's just Anna, I explained. She's a colleague of mine from work. She does this sometimes. She'll just sneak into my back garden, knock on my windows, trying to persuade me to get baby Robert baptised. Well, that's rude, Grandad remarked indignantly. She does know you have a front door, doesn't she? I'd imagine so, but she doesn't seem to use it. Flaming cheek of it! Anna knocked on the window. Sasha, she announced piously. You need to baptise your baby boy. It's the only way he will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. I rolled my eyes and went back to making the tea. 